Gross Anatomy. Hi, I'm Dr. Jason Cohen, and I'm here with Lauren Taylor and Jacqueline Broussard. And this is Gross Anatomy. And today we're going to be talking about happiness, but before we start talking about happiness, I just want to again go over the purpose of our being here, which is two things. One, to address my friends and family and strangers coming up to me asking me about random medical things that I'm supposedly an expert in, which maybe I am, but more likely I'm not. And two, to address my continued interest in pop culture related to health and medicine and those random questions of when someone's watching a TV show or a movie and they see something medical and everybody always goes, does that really happen? And I always wonder, who do they ask in terms of consultants to get these opinions to try to portray real medical stuff? So that's why we're here. And the only other point I want to make is, and I'll probably repeat it or we'll repeat it at the end, is that, yes, I'm a doctor, yes, I'm a surgeon, yes, I'm a cancer surgeon, but a lot of the things that I say here may not be fact and might just be my opinion having lived more than 20 years and being a doctor. That's kind of a joke, more than 20 years. <laughs> we got it. Okay. No one will know the difference. So. So with that being said, for this latest episode, we wanted to do an episode on happiness. Um, so there's a lot in the news lately with the latest suicides of Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, and a recent report by the CDC that suicide rates have increased in nearly every state over the past two decades by almost 30%. So we need to get happier. How do we do that? Well, we're going to find out on this podcast. Wow. That's just depressing. Just thinking about <laughs> I know. I don't want to do a depressing podcast, but there are some things out there. And there's popular shows out there that you were, you were referencing, like 13 Reasons yeah, I've been. Why? My kids watched it. Thirteen Reasons Why. My two, two out of three of my daughters, my two young daughters, watched it, and I guess it's pretty crazy that we allow my twelve and fourteen-year-old daughters to watch it. Have you ever seen it? I have. It's pretty graphic. It's very graphic. Yeah. But very real. Yeah. And a lot different than even when I was in school. I think the degree to which kids are experiencing things like bullying or the need to compete. I mean, there was no picture phones, let alone social media or anything like that when I was in school still, so. Makes me realize it's hard to be a kid today. Like, I always, I always, for, for the longest time, I always just thought, kids have it so much easier now, but I, I don't think so anymore. I think kids have it really hard. It's really hard to just be a kid, yeah. that's for sure. Well, that is something that this professor, Lori Santos, um, thought as well, and that's why she um, invented this course that is now um, the most popular course in Yale history, and it teaches students how to be happier. It's called Psychology and the Good Life. It's um, part of Positive Psychology course. And it even includes some pre-class pump-up music 
from her playlist with fitting songs like Don't Stop Believing by Journey, Happy by Pharrell, and I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas. So you go into the class, you get all pumped up with music, and then she goes into ways to be, to be more, more positive, happy. and it's really popular. You know, just thinking, just um, interjecting, just thinking about 13 Reasons Why, like when I was a kid, I'm older than you guys, but when I was a kid, we certainly didn't have 13 Reasons Why, and suicide wasn't ever addressed or talked about. We had The Breakfast Club, or we had mm. um, Say Anything. You know, our movies were, like 13 Reasons Why, if it were when we were kids, she would have not killed herself, and they would have lived happily ever after. I, I don't know. I just have to say that. It's, it's upsetting to me, even though we're supposed to be talking about happiness. Well, do you learn anything from this show? I haven't watched it. You have to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it more just like a mystery? No. No. No, you definitely learn, and you learn that all this stuff is real, and it was real, I think, when I was a kid, too. It's always been there. But as you stated, it seems like it's out there more now, or at least suicide might be. So I guess my question is: is this this type of show more useful to teenagers? Teenagers, you think, instead of something just with a happy ending that they might not be feeling, anyways? I think think so. I. For me, I think what I would hope younger kids are taking away from it is the effect that their negativity or uh, bullying has on other individuals. Because if you're not on the receiving end, it might be a little bit hard to understand the, um, you know, the depths of which somebody is struggling with, you know, bullying or being overweight or whatever the issue is. So I think it, it... it's useful for kids to sort of see what kind of repercussions their words and actions can have. That's, you know, what I, what I would hope. I don't have kids yet. And I don't know if the, you know, the topic of our talk today is really about it, but I think the producer of the, sh- of the show are doing an amazing job at giving the kids, giving all kids um, a dialogue, and, they, and at the end of each episode they say different hotlines and we do get help and make sure you get help. So I think that's helpful, but I think the other thing that's really super helpful is it's letting kids know that, to some degree, probably every single one of us have gone through some up and down, a lot of people have been bullied or been seen bullying or unfortunately been bullies, and you know, it just lets kids and people know that that hopefully they're not alone and that there are alternatives and solutions and let's talk about getting happy though yeah okay um well dr santos created this course for college students because they were feeling overwhelmed stressed anxious and much more depressed than they've ever been i guess uh, relative to 13 reasons why but in the college years so dr cohen in your college years did you feel overwhelmed i mean you went to college longer than anyone i know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, college, I didn't go very long. College, I only did four Med years, school. but school, you mean, yeah. in general, yes. yeah. I spent some time in school. Um, <laughs> you know, I tell my kids, actually, that I think the happiest I, I, I kind of peaked in terms of happiness, um, high school and college. But I think, for me, that was more because up until college, I had no real responsibility. I didn't have to worry about either myself or more importantly, I didn't have to worry about people and the lives of people. So there was a certain ignorance is bliss happiness that I had in high school and college. 
Does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> were you happy? Uh, yeah. So you so were happier. I was definitely happy in high school and college, okay. but I was lucky. I had I had a great group of friends in high school. Um, friends that I'm still in touch with that I still get the random phone call about, hey, what should I do with my kids or, or myself or my wife has a headache or whatever it is, what should I do? So I was really lucky. I had a great support group of friends that I still have to this day. Um, and then in college too, I, I, I got lucky by also getting a good group of friends. But um, we were talking about, uh, we were listening to these to these TED Talks and, and about happiness by two, they turn out to be Israeli, um, psychologists or behaviorists, one Dan Ariely and the other one Daniel Kahneman, uh, who I both think are amazing thinkers and speakers. Um, and my take home message from them a little bit is, it's a little bit of perception, I think. Um, one of them talks about goals. Uh, Kahneman, Dr. Kahneman talks about goals. And if you set a goal for yourself and you hit that goal, you're more likely to feel satisfied as opposed to happy. They, the, the other, I'm rambling, but the other point is, is happiness, they both make the point that the word happiness and the term happiness doesn't really mean anything. It's really more about satisfaction. And I think about perception, about trying to goals I, I think is a good way of putting it trying to kind of realize and think um, am I satisfied do I have the things I want have I accomplished the things I want have I achieved my goals have I reached a certain point I feel like that's right you know well Jackie you took that online quiz that was I part did. of the Dr. Santos's course uh, what, what did you that? find out? It was a happiness quiz, right? Yeah, you could take a uh, happiness. Yeah. I I would say I'm at a moderate level of happiness, which kind of upset me. I felt like I was more happy, unhappy after I finished the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> because they scored like a 2.9, so almost a 3 out of 5. They give you a scale of 1 to wow, 5. that's not good. Yeah, you would think it's not good, but I apparently rank higher than 50% of the population. So I was scared to take it, so I didn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to see that I'm depressed. I just want to live mm. in ignorance as bliss. The guy who wrote the article that we're referencing here about the the course that's you know offered at Yale said the same thing that he was instructed to take the quiz and said it took him like two days before he would take it because he was just so nervous to find out yeah. what his happiness level was. Exactly. Which, if you know you're happy, why would you? Right? You have to know there's some dissatisfaction in your life to be scared to take a happiness quiz. You know yeah. the thing is, I think though, that's true with me. But I think. I sometimes think of myself as, as um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I sometimes think of myself as bipolar a little or hypomanic, that I go from these peaks and valleys where I'm kind of really happy and have a ton of energy to kind of feeling low. And I, I think most people do. I think that's normal. And I think getting back to the perception, kind of putting everything in perspective and there's the whole silly saying of don't worry be happy or or um um what's the other saying um it's mind over matter right it, uh if you don't mind it doesn't matter <laughs> and there's as stupid as those sayings are I, 
I think there's a lot of truth to that. There is. I was just telling Lauren that. I I feel like I inherently got that amazing trait from my mother. She is a very fly by the seat of her pants, nothing, you know, oh, well, the car broke down, whatever. Oh, well, we, you know, couldn't put food on the table today. We'll just get creative and make macaroni. Oh, well. It was just, oh, everything, no matter how horrible it actually was, was okay. Is she happy? I think she is happy. Yeah. I do I think she could have would have done a few things differently in her life now that she's getting older probably but if she were to look back at her experience I don't think she would have changed a thing are there things that either of you think would make you happier um I think like Dr. Cohen said a lot of my experiences with happiness have come from my personal connection or uh my own goal that I've set and wanted to achieve or to do things. So um, for me, I, you know, money and those kind of things aren't what drive my happiness. Right. Well, then you're smarter than most people because most people say money or more vacation days. And in this course, you learn that that is circumstantial change and being happy really depends on behavioral change. I, I, I hate to say it. I wouldn't mind more money and more vacation. I, wouldn't I don't either. think anybody would mind it, answer. but would it make smarter. you happier? <laughs> yeah. See, maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because you've seen all these celebrities, like we've said as of late, that are well, that's true. you know, it, yeah. Kate Spade had a two billion dollar empire, yeah. and she it it was she was so unhappy for whatever reason that she decided to. I read that too. Anymore, that people so. that are very successful have a harder time of asking for help because they feel like they don't deserve it like they should be happy what did Jim Carrey say he's very outspoken on Twitter I don't know if anybody follows him on social media but he always talks about you know I wish people could obtain wealth I wish everyone in this world could experience wealth so they could realize it doesn't bring happiness he talks a lot about how it's easy for him to say yeah right as he tweets it from his yacht and I mean that's a good point though yeah because yeah I don't have it but I think it would be I would make me happier to have it but I now I'm scared to say that because uh, apparently that's not true. They say that over $75,000 annually a year, more than that doesn't actually, it all catches up. No, above that, no one is more happy or less happy than the average person. Baloney. <laughs> I also think um, I had this one patient recently who um, my partners were taking care of for a while. We all shared this patient, and I was out. Um, I was out of town. And... Um, my partners were telling me, one of my partners was telling me, I think this woman needs hospice. I, I don't think she's going to make it, I think. And I got back into town, and I really didn't do anything different. In fact, the level of care that I gave this woman was probably not as good as the level of care that my partner gave. But what I did for her was, I was just me and ridiculous, you know, and I, and I basically was an entertainer for her every day. And I came in, and I gave her pep talks and I would talk about not her health care and we would just schmooze and and I would just give her pep talks and give her tough love and and she made it and she got totally better when my partner was saying she needs hospice and it was really only because of my you know changing her thinking a little bit that I think she got better and I so I I definitely think 
Um, there's an element of going back to the mind over matter. If you don't mm-hmm. mind, you don't matter. But also just there's definitely something in the positive thinking. Dr. Cohen, uh, I've also heard that certain medications can cause depression. Do you ever worry about that? Prescribing your patients anything? All the warning signs? Uh, no. I personally never actually worry or think to myself that a medicine I'm giving someone might cause depression. Um, other than possibly giving someone pain pills or narcotics that could lead them down a slippery slope of addiction and dependence, which certainly could be related to depression and mood swings and mood changes. But the reality is, is that for everything good that we do, there are unfortunately bad side effects and you have to weigh those side effects and kind of decide Do we need to do this treatment, whether it's a medicine or a surgery or a procedure to decide what's what's the risk, what's it worth? So, but I don't normally in prescribing a medicine think, oh wait, this may cause depression. And And I doubt many doctors do, but all these medicines have possible side effects. And I think a lot of times all these side effects are listed because, unfortunately, medical legally, if they're not listed and someone has a, uh, a depressive episode, they may get sued that, oh, you didn't say this medicine possibly causes depression. So here are some things from Santos's course that she suggests um, that can make you happier. So behavioral changes, um, like leave your phone in your pocket, um, don't look at it all day, meditate, be responsible, having responsibility over something else like a kid, a pet, a garden makes you happier. But Dr. Cohen, you were saying kind of the opposite, right? As What's as, that? As soon as you got more responsible or more responsibility, what? Well, it, it, it made life harder and maybe more stressful, but no, certainly like seeing your kid Taking care of your kid and seeing your kid do well is an amazing feeling. But even so, as pets, or right now, my dog is always happy to see me when I come home. Always, that's awesome. Animals are like that. Animals are great. My wife and kids, animals are amazing for them. Um, Sleep, Dr. Cohen. Is that something you get enough of? That's supposed to be correlated with happiness. I don't. I probably don't get enough sleep, but you gotta sacrifice somewhere. Are there things that either of you think you need to work on to make yourselves more happier? Like, I probably need to do this one and be a slow Samaritan, which um, means I just need to take more time to help other people. I feel like I'm good at that. I think, um, I will say I've tried the gratitude journal, and there's definitely something to having a positive mind frame that keeps me at least going in a good direction for the rest of the day. If I wake up and I just say a few things, my girlfriend and I actually text each other back and forth every single morning, just saying a paragraph or one sentence, how are you feeling that day? Just something that makes you happy or thankful. And it really helps change like the course of my day. Um, so there's something to that for me, at least. No, I agree. I, I don't just necessarily be thankful, do that, but I think that is good. And maybe that's something good that, parents should do with their kids sometimes we'll do that with our kids like at the end of the day or at the end of the week tell us something that was good about your day or tell us something that you're thankful 
We don't do it enough, I think. Yeah, I've never tried the gratitude journal either, so maybe that's something I should try. Yeah, it's a great, you know, easy thing to do, even if you just write in the notes of your phone. Sometimes I do that. I think I should sleep more. I'm going to sleep right I think now. you should sleep <laughs> more, <laughs> too. Okay, so for listeners, if you want to take Santos's course online, you can do so for free by going to coursera.org and typing in the course The Science of Wellbeing. It's a, it's a version of our course that's online for free. So. so I'm sitting on the phone with my girlfriend, Rachel, who is a Pilates instructor and a practitioner of meditation, just to get her take on um, how physical activity and meditation can help improve um people's overall happiness. So Rachel, thank you so much. Hi. There's a lot of recent reports that are linking um, unhappiness to younger and younger adults. Um, And researchers have concluded that there is uh, a link between increased happiness um, with regular practice of physical activity, even if it's as little as 10 minutes a day, as well as meditation. So we just wanted to sort of get an expert's opinion and a personal take on that. So just to jump right in it, what do you feel like there, do you feel like there's a connection between the two, like having a regular physical activity routine and, you know, having a positive state of mind? Absolutely. Um, I mean, first of all, working out exercise releases endorphins. So just by default, even if you're doing an activity that you maybe don't like that much, it's going to make you feel good. Just getting moving makes you feel good. Um, but then if you mix in, you know, having a workout partner or an activity you really like or a sport you're really good at or something outdoors, all those things contribute to, you know, a feeling of well-being when you're doing it and after. Uh, so when you like are trying to encourage new members or when you have new members that like come to your studio and stuff, do you ever, um, even if it's incidentally notice that they have like a change in mood or overall happiness? Absolutely. I think, you know, people feel good after a workout, usually workouts, gives you like a really good sense of accomplishment once you've made it through. But you even notice more um, improvements in people's attitudes and positivity as they keep coming. And the more they come and they see changes in their body and they feel um, they feel better and they get part of their routine and you're just, your system starts working better, you sleep better, you have more energy throughout the day. All these things contribute to making people feel better. And I definitely see it you know, the more time they come and spend that better they're feeling overall. What's your take on, like, for those people that maybe, for whatever reason, can't um, work out outdoors or um, do some sort of physical activity, um, do you think that, like, I guess guess the question is, do you think people should start meditating? Is meditation another good way to, like, clear your mind and have a positive like thought process before your day or at the end of your day or I think the two go hand in hand for sure I meditate every morning and every night um, because it's a great way to kind of just quiet the things that are going on in your mind these days we're all so busy and so distracted and I think it's easy there's so many pressures and demands for life these days and with our phones everyone needs to be available immediately and answer questions immediately and get things done that we're just so distracted and so overwhelmed 
So you need to really set aside that time for your brain just to like kind of quiet everything and get centered. I think meditation is a perfect supplement to an active routine. One's more for your body and one is more, you know, for your brain just to um, be present and, and feel comfortable and, and some peace internally. Pop trivia for Jackie? Yes, I was going to ask tri- um, a pop trivia question for Jackie as part of our little segment that we like to do. But right. um, we can all answer. What uh, is it? All right, so livehappy.com listed the 10 happiest movies of all time. Of all time. Can either of you name a movie on that list? Your first guess. What is it, Dr. Con? Happiest movie of all time. Of all time. Ever made. Just uh, according to the website. I don't maybe, know that you're going to get these. Maybe Love Actually, no? That's a great oh, one. Oh, it's on there. Is it really? Yes, good wow. job. That definitely goes down in the history books. Ball. I, I know cheesy movies. And Harry Met Sally, is that on there? Happy that is one of my favorite all movies of all times, but it is not on this list. Not okay. in the top ten. Casablanca? Nope. No, no, that's maybe sad, actually. Um, it's got to be a Disney movie on obvious. there. Oh, Mary Poppins. Oh, no, but that's a good one. There uh-huh. is, there's a... Pixar movie, so I guess yeah, that's Disney. Uh, not Toy Story, no, no, that's not happy. How to Train Your Dragon? That's a good one. Uh, I think older movies. Like, what are some older movies that are like Pixar? No, 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 no. All right, well, I have oh. Annie. The Pixar Ooh, one. That, a good that's one. a great one. Is Annie on Despicable there? Me is the one that's on here. That's a cartoon. Oh, yeah. um, that is a good movie, but I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah. He adopts the girls. They live happily ever after. I think like, you won't think of this one either. Little Miss Sunshine's on there, but that's a like very that happy a lot, movie. But that's definitely not oh. a happy movie. Um, no. This one was also a puzzler. They had a Goodwill Hunting on here, which I find is very. I love that movie. It is, this but it's not is happy. Totally off. No, this. Forrest Gump's on there. That's, Forrest Gump is definitely it's a happy definitely movie. happy. I agree. All right, so The Sound of Music. Sound uh, music, one of the best. It's a it's Wonderful Life, which yes. is my dad's one of my dad's That's favorite. A great movie. And Singing in the Rain, which I feel oh, like you can. Singing in the Rain. And then, oh, Inside Out was also on there as an animated film. Right. And then uh, Nine to Five. Dolly Parton. Yeah. yeah. Never seen. Yeah, that. I don't really think that yeah. one deserves to be on the list. But is that the list? That's the list. Did you get any on the list, Jackie? Did I get any? I don't think so. I don't have actually. I'm have to get you the mm-hmm. bad sound effects because you didn't get any right. Right. Yeah, you didn't. (laughs) That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.